0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All
1: right, welcome aboard, uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton. We'll have a special guest on board today. We kept promising you guests, so it's about time well, we yeah, delivered with one or two. finally money. delivered. Hope everyone had a great
2: 4th of July. I am just getting over my
1: sunburn. I'm, I'm pleased to announce Brady has all of his uh, digits. I don't see I anything really, blowing no, off. I didn't
2: do anything with fireworks. Everyone else around wherever I was was shooting them off, but I didn't have anything to do with them.
1: Andrew had some. Oh yeah, yeah. that that got ugly. I got out of there fast. Oh okay.
2: <laughs> our tech guy, if you're wondering. So.
1: Our, our our tech guy was trying to land things on the moon.
2: All right, because <laughs> he is an ambitious one.
1: He's very ambitious. Yes. So
2: he would be. He would do something like, oh, I can get this rocket into orbit.
1: And he was trying.
2: Anyway, so I'm glad you came back with all your (laughs) hands and fingers, because, well, we're going to try to start ramping up guests. It might be a little hit and miss for a bit until we get going, but we will bring on a guest that I think we might ask a record low number of questions to, because he he will be a talker, uh, St. Clair's Nick Black. Um, I'm excited for it. Dennis, you got anything else before we uh, get started?
1: No, I want to get to uh, Coach Black as soon as we can, because like you said... We're gonna have one of those shows. We're gonna talk some baseball and it's gonna be fun.
0: When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your
1: full attention. The herd takes notice and the trail meets its match because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Bertrand, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri County Equipment online
3: at TriCountyEquipment.com. Martin Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than a hundred years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives. Automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520.
1: Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you.
0: Get your window stick. Whew. Slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak. Replace them with Anderson windows. With low-e glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes, they can turn simple window replacement into serious
3: home improvement.
0: Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue. we' to
2: here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it
1: The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810 All right. Welcome back. Dennis and Brady and Nick Black uh, joins us uh, on the uh, program today. So we're excited about this. Anytime we can get geeky and talk baseball. Oh, yeah. We're (laughs) going to get really into the weeds. I think we're going to talk a lot about this year's
2: St. Clair team because you had a very good team this year. But we're going to have some other topics, I think, that we're going to go on some long tangents that we already have before we went on the air. (laughs) But let's just start first year. You inherited a pretty fun team to coach, you had a pretty senior-laden team. That had to make the transition pretty easy.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, it's good being here. And uh, yeah, so first year in the books uh, at St. Clair High School, and you are absolutely correct, we had a senior-heavy team. Um, and, and they were a blast to be around. From day one of open gyms, when we took over, um, it's, it was nothing but high energy, nothing but complete buy-in. And from every single one of those guys, we, we were so appreciative, myself, the whole staff, and I think the whole community we've seen rally around that group. Of Group of kids because not just what they accomplish in baseball. You know, obviously, they accomplish a ton of baseball. But say clearly, listen, it is what it is. We're a small town, right? We're a yeah. small school, and our best baseball players are also our best basketball players are also our best football players are also mm-hmm. our best tennis players and they found success across every level you know every sport didn't matter what they were doing if they you know they applied themselves to it and they succeeded so uh it was it was really really good and, and it was a really good atmosphere you know to take our, our step into for a first year so we were very appreciative of the seniors and, and the groundwork that they laid kind of moving forward for sure i keep
2: bringing this up but it's the same group of kids that the last year Won one game in football. Won, I think, one game in basketball. They were good at baseball. They had a good baseball team last year. But then basically the same kids go on and win league titles in in basketball and football, have a really good season in baseball. I mean, you loaded up the schedule for sure. So – it was a lot It was a lot of fun to watch. The same kids have a
5: lot of success. Yeah, and again, I think it's a testament to them and their hard work and the families that they come from and the community that we're in. And they're, they're not one to shy away from the challenge. You know, you mentioned even, again, the same kids that play baseball, football, basketball, uh, what have you, there was no shying away from challenges. The baseball schedule, like you alluded to, was loaded, and, you know, nobody scoffed at it one bit. Their basketball schedule, Coach, Coach Distelrath, he, he loaded that up as best as he could, and they found great success football we seen them have a great season uh go on uh going into the playoffs and, and they they made a heck of a run too um and it's just a testament to those kids and, and their personalities and i think they all really because it's been the same group of kids since they were you know eight nine ten years old and they've really learned kind of how to communicate with each other in, in ways that you're not going to see at other programs just because of how small we are uh i think them playing multiple sports helped you know the baseball uh side of things just because they were able to have that kind of that kind of cohesion between them Um, whereas i don't know that they would get that at at some bigger schools because maybe they wouldn't go play you know some of those other sports so i think i think it's a testament to them
1: i'm so opposed to this narrow minded one sport kind of stuff because everything you do in every sport helps all the other sports whether it's hand eye footwork whatever the, there's something that you're going to get from football and basketball that's going to help baseball, and there's something that baseball gives you that's going to help those other sports. Yep,
5: you better believe it. So the big thing that, it's funny you say that, actually, we had our banquet a couple weeks ago, and the big thing that we told all the kids uh, going into next year, we said, okay, how many one-sport guys are there? We had a couple raise their hand, and we said, not anymore. You're playing football, you're doing powerlifting, you're playing tennis, I don't care what you're doing, you're doing something. Um, because you're exactly right. All of those things, the coachability, too, learning how to get coached from different coaching styles learning mm-hmm. how to apply yourself in different you know kind of aspects of things and and then for those guys that want to go play at the next level you're able to then utilize kind of those life lessons that you learned in other sports and apply that to whatever it is that you're going off to do in college so i think you're absolutely right i i highly encourage anybody and everybody to play multiple sports if you can because in all reality there's so few kids that need to one sport, single, you know, single sport all year. Um, And that's like the .001% of kids. That's what I'm
2: going to say. When you're Joel Seddon and you know you're getting drafted, okay, I can understand if you don't want to go be the quarterback and risk your shoulder exploding. That makes sense. There's been one Joel Seddon at St. Clair. So that you can understand. But I don't want to. Even Cronenworth played hockey. Yeah, Yeah. We'll talk about that later because we don't want to get all this. Let's talk about your team before we get too far into the weeds. Um, You had some really talented kids this year. It felt like before the game, if I went in there, I could just go to Brendan Cole's name and write two for two with an extra base hit (laughs) and probably a stolen base, and it would be about right.
5: Yep, yep. So he's a guy. Kudos to him because in years past, he's a guy I've coached him since he was about fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon was never known for being the bat. You know, he was he was known. He had the big arm. He's great defensively, and he is like he's the guy that you you'd go into an alleyway with, uh, and you'd want him having yeah. your back. He's like that kind of kind of a guy. Uh, he, he's. He's a dog. Well he knows he, how to get after it.
2: There was a throw at Northern and then oh, one yeah. other one mm-hmm. where he went he made a catch by the foul line and yep. the kid tagged up to third and he went to throw it and would go, Why the hell are you throwing this? Just throw it to the cutoff and then boom and the third baseman's waiting for him. I'm like it was one of the most impressive throws I've seen from an out. And it was a line. Yep. It was. I can't think of the other one, but there were two I remember.
5: He throws. had several, and we would set it up that way. Uh, and it, I'll I'll, give, I'll tip uh, some of my, my game within the game strategy right now, and it's not going to matter because we got a whole different group of kids next year. But during our IOs, you never mm-hmm. seen our outfield cut it loose a single time. Um, and it paid off almost every series because, sure enough, every series, you'd get a guy trying to tag at third or tag at second, and and one of our big guns in the outfield would boom put it on a line and be Cole. Is,
2: by the halfway through the year, the word would get out. Just don't tag up unless it's at unless it's reaching over the fence to rob it. Yep,
5: you would think. You would think. But uh, no, he's so cool. Yeah, Cole had a great season, and kudos to him because he worked his butt off to get the bat to where it needed to be. And I mean, if if you had to uh, if you had me on record and I had to guess who was going to be a, a first team all stater this year out of St. Clair High School, uh, and I love becole Cole to death, but it wasn't going to be him on the on the uh, Hitting side of things, right? Because he's going to college to pitch. You know, he's got a huge arm. He's right. High eights, low nines from the right side. Uh, and and now after talking to his college coach and talking to him, I'm like, well, holy crap, you might. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you might be onto something with his outfield gig too. So he, you know, he he was lights out all year. He had a great year. and He was one of the one of the team leaders, and, and he wasn't football too. You see mm-hmm. the way he played. He's he's a dog. You know, he 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 knows how to compete, and that's what we love about him.
1: Well, there's a confidence thing too. At, at a certain point, sometimes it clicks in with a kid Mm -hmm. because I I can remember two years ago he ran into one at Anchor Bay a home run over the left center field fence and there's a look of surprise on his face and then a year later when he's hitting balls
5: hard into the gap and that there's a look of yeah this is what I do this is what I'm supposed to do Yep. He definitely, I can tell you this, he he expected, uh, like you said, you could circle his name, hey, two for two. He expected to hit the ball hard every time he was up to the plate, or he expected to cause some kind of chaos on the bases or in the box every single time from the offensive standpoint, for sure. Another kid that his numbers might not have been the team leading, but it felt like
2: every time you had runners in scoring position, Eli Lord would get a hit or find a way to drive him in. Yep. like. I don't know how many hits he ended up, but I swear 80% of them drove in a run. He just found a way to get the job done.
5: Eli Lore earned the nickname about halfway through the season, Reliable. Reliable. <laughs> because you're absolutely right. Those top end of the lineup guys, and he e hit between four, five, six, four, just depending on yeah. you know where the lineup was at. You're right. There was guys on second, third, first, and second every time he was up to, up to the plate. And he had the highest by I'd say a considerable margin highest baseball IQ um just inherent you know, in his game and how he went about he played himself. The same way. Yeah. He just a smart, smart dude. And he knew what he was doing with the bat. And you know, there was like you said, the, the numbers might not have been there because they were unselfish numbers. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how many times there was a guy at third base less than two outs. Yeah, he got a couple balls where he could have tried to unload on them and try to put him out of park or split a gap. But instead there's a guy in third base. My job is to get that running. And so what he'd do is he'd bury it to the right side and sure enough we'd score that run. He'd give himself up for the team. That's the kind of guy that he's Eli Lawyers and uh, he's a guy I'm going to miss the heck out of him next year because uh, he's what a what a class act! What a phenomenal kid! He's got a bright, bright future ahead of him, and whatever he ends up doing, I joked. Uh, I joked with some of my assistant coaches, uh, and I was telling Eli's parents this too. He's he's the kind of guy like you know you want him dating your daughter. He's that kind of guy. Like you can't you can't say enough good things about him. And and from the leadership standpoint, he was like the quiet confidence kind of leader. He knew he was good, yeah. but he wasn't going to tell anybody that. Um, I don't think I ever heard him raise his voice he, in any sport. He, no, he that's not him. That's not him but what what he did do is lead by example and he did it well and it didn't matter there was no situation that was too high for him there was no you know pressure situation that was too much for him he just showed up Mm (laughs) he was reliable i like him over
1: at first too because he's he's got good hands for a big tall kid he's got good feet um and he's just a big target
5: yeah. over there. Yeah, think. being six five certainly helps. Yeah. And and like you hey, being the all state basketball player that he was, he's extremely athletic. You know, with with that kind of frame, you don't always get, you know, the best athletes uh, with that size. Yeah, at multi sports and, and tennis too. Nobody yeah. a lot of people forget about that. He was an all league uh, tennis player. And think about that too.
1: Six five. That's yeah. a lot of reach. That that's yeah, and that's for a kid that big to get around a tennis court. Yeah. Yeah. Usually like I mean, I was 6'2", and it took me
2: to, like, my senior year to not look like a newborn deer. (laughs) So, um, as your first-year coach, it helps when you can come in and you have a guy that you know is going to throw mid-90s. And having Jacob Turner uh, had to relieve a little bit of stretch because, as a high school coach, I imagine the number one priority for everyone is pitching. And knowing – and we'll talk about some other pitchers um, in a minute, but to know that you have your Monday starter, whatever you want to call him, and you have a guy that's throwing mid-90s, going D1,
5: that had to go, okay – don't have to worry about that yep yeah you're absolutely right so jt again he's another bulldog he's again another kid that i've coached since he was younger so i knew the mentality and i knew where he was at Mm -hmm. you know upstairs and he's again he's a bulldog he's the kind of guy you want on the mound in big games and he uh has battled some health problems some arm problems the last couple of years so this year uh we were really hoping that we were going to be able to keep him regimented and keep him healthy the whole year. And the way we structured his outings early in the season, mm-hmm. halfway through the season, and at the tail end of the season, let us you know utilize him. I think in the best manner for the whole year. And he threw some huge games for us. I mean, my goodness, he was going it. He was a Monday guy, and he was throwing against everybody else's Monday guy. Right. And he was outdueling most Monday guys. Um. And every outing that he threw, he was giving up only you know one, two runs. Um. And and you knew what you were getting when he was on the mound well with that regiment it's got to be hard for some high school
2: kids because i know when i was in high school it's like no just let me loose yeah it's hard to see the long term especially when you're younger to know okay i can only i'm only going i'm giving up one hit through three innings but i have to get out of this start now so that in late
5: may i can go seven if i Mm -hmm. need to yeah you're absolutely right so what we did and to kind of try to beat that curve, not just with Mm -hmm. with Turner, but with some of our other guys as well. We sat down with him um, and said, okay, here's the long-term plan. Here's what we're thinking um, because we need your body to be ready come June 1st or June 2nd for districts. Uh, So guess what? The first game of the year when he's throwing a one-hitter through three innings against Mooney or two-hitter, whatever it was, yeah, we're getting him out of the game. Could he have probably went, you know, the full game and done, you know, just an exceptional job like he normally did? Yeah, he probably could have, but he was out of there. And then, again, it – Testament to his mental fortitude, you know, kind of the mental fortitude that he has. Because later on in the year too, it was a it was a whole season plan. Uh, I think his last regular season start was against Brother Ice, and he was dicing against Brother Ice. Who's a mm. decent, you know, if you you might have heard of them. They're a decent yeah. uh, decent yeah. team. Uh, he was dicing. in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was dicing through two or three innings and you're out you know yeah. and he, there was no fussing about it there was no you know complaints no you know groveling at all it was okay you know you understand the long-term plan and and what we tried to do especially with jt is spell it out you know here's where we're at march 14th here's where here we want to be june 1st it was complete buying every right. step of the way and i i think that uh especially for him too now he's got that confidence hey i can run a full season and, and, right. and deal the whole season i think he's going to do very very well at bowling green now that he's really you know he's, he's banging on all cylinders right. i expect big things out of him him for sure all right so i had a guy this year that i like to point out because
1: his name and i was just looking through the score page first three times i looked it up jared cramp two hits rbi run two hits double rbi two stolen bases two runs three hits two doubles four rbis three runs <laughs> every damn game jared cramp <laughs> did
5: something yes he did he it's a cramp is an interesting story because even myself, you know, leading on in years past, I was a recruiting coordinator for this area at the college level, and he's a guy I'd, I'd never really heard of. And so it was March 14th, and it was our first day of tryouts, and we didn't, because he was a dude on the basketball court, right. so we didn't really see him too much at open gyms and four-man workouts in the offseason for baseball, because he had other commitments. So... And we we heard him his name from from uh, some of the other guys, some of the coaches. So myself and my my eight assistants were sitting there, you know, evaluating some swings. We watched him take about three swings, and we all kind of stopped and we looked at each other and said, "Holy crap! Like, we we might be onto something here. This guy might really be something." And we go ask him, you know, who are you looking at? Like, you gotta, because I I don't, you know, kind of. Sugarcoat things. He has Division One talent, you know, especially after now he's going to junior college. He's got that kind of talent. We've seen it. All, every single one of my assistants looked at me said, holy crap, he's got something. And he, he went on to prove that uh, intuition correct throughout the whole year. He hit I think he hit 400 on the button on the year. And our scorekeeper, we got to have the hardest scorekeeper in in the state of Michigan because he doesn't do any gimmies. There's no, you know, no gimmies at all. If it's not well-earned, he's not giving you a hit for it. Um, And and like you said, every single day, every single day, we knew Cramp was going to come up in a big spot and deliver. And then not to mention, he's... 85 off the mound and he gets to balls that most most shortstops wouldn't even come close to getting to uh he's got you know he's got range for days at shortstop he's got a cannon for an arm he can run like a deer he can i mean he he hits the ball hard and he's got a real good idea what he's doing with it uh he was one of our catalyst guys this year and he's a guy that we sat down and we're like okay where are you going you know what's the plan he's like i don't really have too many you know offers and they have a couple smaller schools looking we're like holy crap well now we're, we're gonna change yeah. that immediately <laughs> uh so we all you know myself and all my assistants hit the phones that night and you know started drumming up some interest now he's going to one of the better juco's in the area um but holy smokes what an athlete uh jerry cramp is and again baseball basketball mm-hmm. tennis all league all you know second team all-stater in baseball what a phenomenal kid what a phenomenal athlete and he's you know one of my favorites I'm going to miss I'm going to miss the heck out of him because you knew what you were getting well you mentioned a kid that
2: comes out of nowhere a kid that Dennis <laughs> and I didn't know who it was before the season when we did our preview show you we wouldn't have known this kid if he came up and slapped us in the face <laughs> turned out to be one of your horses on the mound Carter Hurlbert came from at least for us maybe shame on us but an unknown from us to a oh Yeah, he's 1B. He's not a number two. He's 1B. Yep.
5: Yeah, so Herbert... Quite literally came out of nowhere, uh, did not play high school baseball last year, comes out to the tryout and promptly sits about 83 to 84 off the mound, you know, early in the season, and we got three different guns on him. I'm, I'm looking uh, at some of my assistants going, holy crap, well, who is this guy? Why have we never heard of him? And we asked some of the other kids, you know, some of the guys that I've known for a while, and they're like, yeah, I know he's, he's a pretty good ball player. He just didn't, you know, play last year, played pretty high-level summer ball, but uh, he, he could definitely help us. And uh, like help, us. yeah. And, and we're <laughs> like, you know, this, this dude's throwing pretty hard, he looks like he knows what he's doing. And so, after getting and talking to uh, Carter more and more, we found out that man, this kid is just weird enough to be a really good pitcher. And uh, sure enough, he proved that intuition absolutely right. His uh, the only thing the kid did the entire year was so throw strikes, that's all he did was throw so strikes the oh, yeah. entire year. Didn't matter, he went out and and it didn't matter who he were playing, he was throwing strikes. Uh, Lake Orion, who, again, you might have heard of them, decent program. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kept them at one run through five innings. Uh, all of our league games, he gave us a phenomenal chance. At I, I, he might have won almost every league game except for one, I think. Um, he ended and, up throwing
2: more innings than anyone else. I,
5: yeah, he was one of our He, he was, was our guy. He
2: uh, was more than Turner, but he threw more and that whole time he walked 10 guys in 42
5: innings it, it, so he was around the zone all the time <laughs> That's ridiculous. Ex- when you look at the numbers it is and he's a guy that again, he only he hit three I, the whole year and he knew exactly what he was doing and it, he was funny too because we talked to him okay what do you want to do like where are you going to play college yeah. ball at because at most other schools in the area you're going to be the you're the monday guy yeah you know He's. I haven't really talked to anybody. Oh my God. Okay. Well, we got to get him phone for this guy. So we, you know, hit the phones for him. Now he's got. You know, he's playing at the next level. So, he he was the guy. You know that we could lean on in any situation. He threw our, our opening game of districts because we knew exactly what we know. He's going to get on the mound and we know he's going to throw strikes. And and he had the best attitude. It didn't matter what we asked of him, how we drew it up for him, he was getting it done. We knew he was going to get it done.
1: So it, we, we've gone almost a half hour here. Well. And uh, and we haven't mentioned an an Ellis yet. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> one of our favorite players to watch. <laughs> before we
2: get nuked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this will be the last one before the break, but it didn't matter what sport he plays. Yep. I feel like he could play golf intensely. <laughs> I feel you're right. He just—it's fun to watch. He has one speed. He has no Go. first or second gear. And Luke Ellis, because Logan's back, so we can—we'll have yeah. a whole other year to talk about him, and then the youngest one yep. too. But Luke, his last year is just football, basketball, he baseball. He plays it all the same. It's one of those guys you almost have to slow down. You're absolutely—he's he just—it's like. Luke, I love the intensity, but you take it to a ninety instead of a hundred.
5: Yep. Yeah. So I don't know what uh, kind of what what they're putting in the water over at the Ellis compound, but they just they just create athletes and competitors over there. And yeah, I'm surprised we didn't mention him yet. I, I, don't know, isn't it illegal to not mention an Ellis? You're talking <laughs> Clair right. Sports and it San Rocket, like yeah. 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 Um, but he's a guy, and he is not going to get as much love on the you know state level and all that, um, awards and all that that, that he would have normally gotten because. He filled a huge void for us this year. I mean, like, an immaculate void for us this year. So we've alluded to some of the pitchers that we have. Yeah. Pretty good dudes, and it's not guys that are throwing soft. They're not throwing lollipops. They're, 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 they know what they're doing. Their ball's running in, out, up, down, all you know, off-speed's moving, all this kind of stuff. So we caught ourselves in a huge void behind the plate this year. Um, we had some young guys behind the plate um, that they've never seen a low-90s fastball before. They, they You know, the young guys that we, that we had out there, and you've seen them with the varsity team a little bit this year, they did a great job with, what, they were experienced uh you know seeing but it's a whole different ballgame when you're seeing those next level arms so uh we caught ourselves in a void and, and we identified it almost in the tryout you know portion where we were like okay we we got to figure something out well, it was
2: one of the few spots you lost uh, from a year ago yes. last year, st clair team was junior late and you had a catcher and a pitcher that you knew you were yep. losing and those were the big ones
5: yep and so the, yeah so by proxy of that, this year we were kind of caught, and uh, so Luke was a guy that came to us about the third week of the season. His first game that he caught actually was when we played Lake Orion, and uh, it was about the week before. He goes, "Hey, you know, I'm not, you know, the world's best catcher by any means, He's like, but I can do it if mm-hmm. if you want me to give it a try." He's like, "I haven't done it since I was probably 12 or 13, but I'll give it a go." He's a third baseman by trade. He is going to college to play second base, third base. Right. He's never going to catch again. Um, but he spent the whole season just getting his butt kicked behind the plate for us, um, and he did it with one hundred percent confidence in his abilities. He did it with one hundred percent heart of a lion. He did it with you know the the best attitude you could ask uh, from a kid who had not done it at that level before. And again, the guys that he was catching. It's not like, hey, go catch, you know, in a 70, 74, and it's going to be straight over the plate. No, he's catching guys that that the ball is, is running, it's jumping, it's moving. Um, and he did a phenomenal job controlling that force the entire year. And the way that he went about his business and the the charisma that he has and the attitude that he has um, it's just a testament to him, his family and you know the other two Alice's they they're a chip off the old block too. You know, Logan and Peyton, they're not they're not too far right. behind him. But Luke is is a guy I'm I'm going to greatly miss. He's a guy that again I've been been around him since he was 14, 15 years old, and uh, so proud of, of what he's been able to do this year. And, and kind of, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him down the road.
2: like I feel like if there was one athlete in the area that, if when they retired, that could come be a color person in the booth, Luke Ellis would next to me in a booth for football, he would do, he wouldn't even take a game, he'd just be just like that.
5: 100%. And he does everything with, like you said, he does everything with 100% intensity. It doesn't matter if it's cordial, ping pong, <laughs> baseball, <laughs> or calling a football game, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I tell you what, I I think, uh, and, I, and I keep asking, like, you know, what are, what are you going into in college, wise? Uh eh, maybe business, maybe I don't know. He's gonna make a hell of a used car salesman when he gets over <laughs> I tell you what, uh, he's gonna be, he's gonna be selling me some vehicles, I think, down the road if that's the career path he chooses to go. Well, I think we need a break, but
2: we do. I mean, there's a few really big names we haven't even mentioned. Cam Bleasdale in the outfield, Chris Piperzak, another yep. kid on the mound. But let's let's pay some bills first. And
1: uh, anything before we do that, Dennis? Nope. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Bertron, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County
3: Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, auto. Motives, ballast and lamps, boxes, enclosures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520.
1: Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer? Teach your grandkids to fish, Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at advscuorg forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval, equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 401863.
4: Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right. We're good, Dennis? Yeah. Welcome
2: back. All right. Coach Nick Black with us. Yep. Yep. we are all good. All right, anyway, that was fun. <laughs> um, so, we were talking about some of the players on your team um, this past year. A couple that I mentioned before the break Cam Bleasdale, Chris Piperzak. Yep. Um, Bleasdale just seemed like a solid outfielder. You just put him in there and didn't have to worry about whichever spot in the outfield you put him. And Piperzak was a really nice kind of combo piece with Turner or any of the harder throwers because he didn't have his fastball, wasn't as best pitch it was all the other stuff that moved every which direction
5: yep yeah so uh cam uh was one of our dudes undoubtedly this year and he's another guy uh march 14th comes around and we, we knew you know we, we'd heard of him before and we kind of knew what we were getting into there but you know we watched him take a couple swings from both sides his switch hitter we see him swing from both sides of the road right. we see him run he which, runs like a how deer how rare is that in high uh, school it, now you don't see it you don't see it and uh, you know okay where are you going I'm not going anywhere yet. I'm not quite sure. And we're like, oh, okay, we got to make some phone calls. So we started hitting the falls for him, too. And he ended up, you know, going on a tear this year. I think he ended up hitting close to 330 um, through, you know, 80-ish at-bats. He, he's a guy, you know, he battled injuries at the, towards the last, you know, third of the season. He, yeah, he had sold a
2: 338. Out,
5: Yeah, so he sold out for the team uh, towards the end of the season. He, he made a diving play uh, against Grosse Point North. He ended up, you know, uh, spraining his A.C. joint. Cam was one of our best pitchers before that as well. And right. All he did was throw None. strikes. And he throws. He threw with pretty hard velocity, and he was always around the zone, great competitor. Um, so Cam had a phenomenal year. Uh, and he was, again, one of our leaders. And you look, basketball, mm-hmm. tennis, guess what? He got it done. He's a bulldog of an athlete. And you want to talk about a guy that's always on go, that is cam Bleasdale. he is on go he knows one speed and it's 110 miles an hour and that's it um he going off to the next level he's going to make his college coaches very very happy and i've talked to them a decent little bit about him too and uh they're getting a a freak athlete in him and i'm excited to see because he's going to be this is going to be the first time in his life that he's focusing on baseball only and i think he's going to be able to go on a tear because of that um he's he did nothing but impress the entire season. We were glad to be able to have the opportunity to coach him. And my goodness, what a great kid. Um, you couldn't ask for anything more. And then you had mentioned Chris Zack And he's a guy that... The only thing he did was whatever he asked of him. Uh, I wish we had 15 Chris Piper's acts on the team um, with kind of the mentality that he brought to the table. So Chris uh, is going off the college BPO, um, and like you alluded to, all he did was be around the zone with his off speeds, mm. with his fastballs, and and he did. He had such a good composure on the mound. It didn't matter if he gave up a home run, not that he did it all this year, but he could have gave up a home run and struck out the side, and he didn't care. Um, you know, he had that level of focus and that level of maturity and again the mental fortitude that he was able to show uh, was second to none and he ate his roll up. He got a ton of innings this year, like a sneaky ton of innings because he was the guy like, okay, I need two innings for me today, I need two innings for me tomorrow and then I need you to throw again on, on you know, Thursday. He threw over 20 innings this year. Right, in high school, I mean that's that's a lot of innings. So he chewed up a ton of innings for us this year and did a tremendous job of it. Um, Chris, I th- he's going to McComb to pitch and I think he's going to make them very happy because I have a strong feeling that all he's gonna do is show up and throw strikes. And, mm-hmm. and as a pitcher, guess what? That's pretty much all you can ask him to do is show up and throw strikes. If you do that, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be off of the race. pretty good. Um, and that's I mean that that was you alluded to pretty much everybody in our senior class. Um, and like we kind of opened with what a tremendous group of guys uh i mean i could sit here and talk you know another two hours about them and the kind of guys that they are just because they're they're you know phenomenal kids phenomenal families uh and and they've made the community proud and not just baseball and not just sports but just you know interpersonally and as as the people that they are they so yeah you had a tremendous senior class um the end
2: of your season you lose in the district finals you had a tough a loaded district you had to start off with a marysville team who had struggled for basically the whole season and then the last couple weeks started to figure it out they upset armada to get there and they gave you guys a pretty good scare at first um you had to battle back and then that game with richmond was just one of the weirdest district championships i think i've ever seen
5: Yep, so uh, starting with the Marysville game, you're absolutely right. We went scouting them probably five or six times, and you're right. Early on in the season, um, and we went and watched them in April, early April, and we tried mm-hmm. to kind of get a whole dossier on them, and you're right. They they kind of started off a little bit slow, but then they really caught on and really figured some things out towards the end of the season. And we knew, the one thing that we knew is they had dudes. They had guys that could play. Right. They definitely had guys that could play. They got three, four guys going to play college ball. Um, so we knew that they had guys that could play. So our number one goal with them was like, don't take them lightly because we know they're going to come out, you know, come out banging against us. They're not going to, you know, roll over by any means. So uh, the first inning, we, uh, I think we made uh, maybe maybe made an error or something, and they were up on us. I think yeah. two to nothing in the the first you know first second inning of the game, and I think we had to bring the guys together. and Say, okay, everybody breathe a little bit, like right. you know, we'll settle in, we'll be just fine. who just got to stick to our kids? And you know, in the back of their mind, they're going, all right, we got Richmond at two. Yep, exactly. The biggest thing was okay, yeah. one game. Time, because you're yeah. exactly
2: right. You you better believe it. I mean, in. You can tell it all they want. You can say it all you want, but I know even as you as a coach, them as players, in the back of their mind, they're thinking, all right, how do we get past Richmond at two? Yep, you're exactly. That was.
5: I mean, I like you said kids coaches the oh whole, the whole nine you look at on paper what's going on on march 14th right right when they draw the district draw you're like okay you know we, you know they're we're our,
2: talking about it from when we first.
5: yeah you know that they're going to be in our district you know i mean we're probably going to hopefully run into each other so that's a game you circle and it's like okay but you got to get there first right um and then you're right in that and that lost a heartbreaker to richmond um in in the finals but they're they're, uh, they've proven to be a really 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 good baseball team over the last i don't know 15 years uh you know they've won how many state championships they've they've competed deep into how many state playoff runs they had a phenomenal team this year and they're gonna have a phenomenal team next year and i have a feeling the year after that they're probably gonna have a pretty damn good team too um but you know we uh we had uh, plenty of opportunities in that game we uh we set ourselves up uh decently enough to give ourselves a chance to win. We just didn't execute the small things um that they did um in that game and they made us pay on some mistakes and uh we left some guys on some bases. I think we had guys on first, second, second, third multiple times throughout the game and um again, credit to them. They capitalized on their opportunities and, and we did not. And that's how baseball goes. Um, and, and it, truthfully, it's a game that we already have scheduled for next, you know, we'll look at it. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's the game we want next it, year. It's a one game <laughs>
2: elimination. Yep. The, the baseball and softball play, baseball, even more so are so volatile. Yep. So volatile because yep. if you have series or anything, you're, you're going to get the the better team, but it's just not possible. So you know neither team played their best game that day. Correct. That was like a B minus versus a C plus. Yep.
5: I, that you you might be generous in your grading, right? and I'm sure Coach <laughs> Evans our uh, Richmond would tell you the same thing. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. It was it was a battle of uh, of attrition in that game for sure. Um, and it, it came down to who, who did the small things right. right. Uh, and all the stuff that you preached the entire year since day one, uh, you know, getting your bunts down, working your bunk coverages correctly. And this, the fundamental stuff, hey, mm-hmm. field ground ball, catching a fly ball. Uh, it, it, it all comes into play. And, you know, it's, it's a testament to, to, I think, the sport of baseball because just when you think you got got everything there, right now, just when you think you're ready to go, guess what? That, that little uh, thing that you, you maybe neglected during the season or you didn't you know, quite touch on as an individual, uh, that skill you didn't work to refine the last couple of weeks, guess what? It comes to find you, and it always does.
1: Here's the thing: how can you guys forget? I have not seen a coach yet who has as many meetings and huddles the team together as often as Nick Black does. It, it, it's it, you're doing. You're in the middle of infield. At one point, against uh, before the Cardinal Mooney game, and, and you had like during infield two separate mm-hmm. meetings yep. with your players huddled around you, and then you went
5: back to hitting them ground balls. Yep. Yeah, so the one thing that, and I love how uh, Brady said it earlier, really, is the one thing that we need to remember is their kids. Yeah. That whether they like it or not, their kids and sometimes uh it's up to us as coaches to try to slow things down when they start getting going too fast and you can see it uh building and building when when it's going to hit the fan you know it when it's going to happen you can see it you can feel it it's tension or something starts going too fast the game speeds up and it's okay how do we slow this down because really how do you perform under pressure is is really what you want to get to it's it's how comfortable can you be when you're uncomfortable so With myself and our staff, they do a really good job of saying, okay, this is a time when these guys are going to get real uncomfortable if we don't slow this down a little bit. So you're exactly right. It doesn't matter if we're in the middle of a game. We're going to, hey, time, bring it in. Okay, breathe a little bit. I'd say probably 95% of the time in those meetings, I bring everybody in and then I just stare at them for a minute. It's okay. Good luck, have fun, guys, and I turn around and walk away. Um, and I don't know. There's not much that, not much substance comes from it, other than to just slow things down. Um, but you're right. They just, you know, kids in, in youth sports in general, their their mind is going a million miles an hour. They're thinking about everything under the sun. It's just okay. Let's breathe a little bit. Uh, so you know, you're absolutely right. It's and, and uh, I think you see that uh, even even at the next level a little bit, you see it uh, just because there's still you're dealing with. 18 to 22 year olds and as much as they still think they're not kids a lot of them a lot of them are so I still feel like a kid yeah (laughs) yeah so it's
2: yeah but you were the coach that every coach emphasizes the little things you really emphasize the little things if you went to a St. Clair game you, would he- you could hear yourself yelling and just making sure little things, little things, little things, whether. And there were times your kids made plays, but they didn't do it the little thing right. And you go, it didn't hurt you now, but it might hurt you later. Yep.
5: And guess what happened uh, against Richmond in the district final? Whatever that little thing was, mm-hmm. it came back to probably make an impact. Um, and you're right. I, I'd say a solid majority of our practice plans in, in our planning for practices, uh, it was on the little things. And a lot of our guys are going off to the next level. Everybody, you know, the schedule that we played, our league schedule, even our league schedule is incredibly tough. We look at the Mac White this year. The Mac White, you had obviously Grosse Pointe North had the a D, de- the, decent year. The yeah, right? one yeah. runner-up that was year. a
2: run away from knocking off, which the greatest team in the history of the
5: state. Yeah. Uh Chippewa Valley ended up being a final 16, yeah. Division One. They what? Lost in the regional final? Yes. Yeah. Anchor Bay lost to, Chip I think, Valley. Chip Valley. The, the round before Chip Valley. Someone had to lose. Uh, and and I remember, remember when they great. lost
1: to Chip Valley, I felt like somebody kicked
5: my dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then LCN, which made it to the district final, lost against Anchor Bay. So, our league is really, really good teams. And uh, if you don't do the small things right against those teams, you're going to get eaten alive. Our non-league schedule, we were playing really, really good teams. All those teams have all the talent in the world. And the biggest thing that I try to stress to all of our guys is it doesn't matter how much talent you think you have, it's baseball. And there's going to be times when you got to fall back on kind of your, your training and, again, doing the small things right – and um because talent's not always going to get you you know get right. you over the hump it's the small things that are going to do it and listen there's going to be days when your talent just isn't there maybe you didn't sleep right the night before maybe you didn't have the right breakfast in the morning or maybe mm-hmm. you just don't have it that day it's can you fall back on the small stuff um and so we definitely you know to your point we try to preach that as much and as often as possible i couldn't tell you how many i, I think literally every practice the entire year we worked on how to get hit by a pitch properly and mm-hmm. how to butt.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well <laughs> In high school, we talked about this before we went on the air, but it's such a short season. And mm-hmm. in, in, in the MLB, you have 162 games. Things usually correct themselves. You can ride the ebbs and flow. If you have a bad two-week stretch, that's a quarter, a third of your yeah. season, depending on when you start. You don't have a lot of time to just go, all right, ride it out, ride it out. because Or for a kid, 20 at-bats is a quarter of their at-bats. So, Every little advantage you can
5: get must help a lot. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. In high school baseball, you don't have time to take your time. <laughs> um, you, you start March 14th, and then most schools go on spring break at either the end of March or early April. So you get two weeks of practice, and then when you get back from spring break, guess what? You're playing, and you got like a week or two, three maybe, and then you're in a league play. And you better be you know, firing on all cylinders for league play. Um, so you don't really have time to neglect the small things. You don't have time to kind of overlook small things because you have to have them, you know, ironed out by the time the season really gets going. Um, and that, that was, I would say as a first year coach for myself, that was, that was the hardest adaptation, uh, to make at the high school level, um, because, you, you got march march 14th comes quick and then your first game comes real quick and we you know smaller school all of our guys are playing multiple sports we don't have the opportunities to have the out of season you know full attendance open gyms and four and all that stuff which again it's great that all of our guys are playing other sports but it's, that is one of the disadvantages we're at is is uh, we don't get our team practicing until right. march 14th so um it, uh, it does, man. It comes fast, and and by the time, and then you know, early in the season, you're fighting weather every other game. I I oh, think this, the first spring was terrible. Yeah, the first I don't know, probably four weeks of our season we had we didn't have a normal like week where it was okay, this is what our scheduled week is and it stayed. We were we were getting the guys out of school at one o'clock to get to Chippewa or Utica or we whatever for doubleheaders starting at three o'clock during the week just because okay, this day it's not supposed to rain or snow or have gale force winds or some exotic, you know, or weather thirty
2: degrees. Yeah. So we were
5: it was you couldn't really get into, you, you couldn't really get into it with them. Um so Again, back to the original point, the small things better be ironed out because yep. you've got to be able to fall back on those things.
1: Got to throw strikes. Yep. and then you got to catch the ball, and just get an out on everybody. That's <laughs> it. That's get, it. Get an out. You're not always going to turn two. It's nice when you do it, but make sure you get an yeah, out. Yeah,
5: do the routine. Oh. I, it, I've read the book. I read the baseball mm-hmm. book. It's supposed yeah. to be easy. It's, <laughs> it's supposed to be really easy. <laughs> it,
2: it's, a simple, it's, it's a simple game yeah. on paper. Don't,
1: don't give them free stuff or extra outs. <laughs> That's it. Right.
5: And you should be okay. It should be. Should be. <laughs> That's. I read the instruction manual and everything, and it's supposed to be pretty <laughs> easy
1: I,
2: from what I'm told. All right, well, I think we're due for another break, but you came from the college ranks, so you talked about getting all the kids to the next level. You have a unique perspective because you were on the other side where you were getting the kids that you wanted, so you know more than others what college coaches are looking for. So we'll talk about that, um, but we'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute on the Tri-County Equipment. Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. (laughs)
1: Marysville. Marysville
3: www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron schools. Hi, this is Dr. William Brady with Life Care Chiropractic in Algonac. If you've been suffering from symptoms of pain or discomfort, I can help. Come visit my staff and I so we can provide relief and help you live a higher quality of life. We're on Point Trumbull Road next to Rite Aid in Algonac.
0: We've
1: got your back in Algonac.
2: Guaranteed.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right. Welcome back. Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast. Getting everybody turned back up here. Yep, we're
2: good to go.
0: Yep,
1: you're good.
2: So um, while you do that, um, sitting with Coach Nick Black, you were at SC4 for what? Four calendar years, three seasons because COVID wiped one out. Correct. So you had your fair share of recruits you had to go and get. And especially at the JUCO level, we talked about this before we got on the air, um, you have a big variety because obviously everyone's going to want to go get the big shiny player, but you also have to find diamonds in the rough. So as someone who was a talent evaluator, now trying to sell those kids to those um, schools, How do you do that? What talent do you look for? And how often do you have to have a hard conversation with people that say, you might not be going to Michigan or Michigan State. Maybe a GLIAC, Maybe D2. Maybe you go JUCO and try to hone your skills or
5: do something like that. Yeah. So I, I love that you, you kind of ended that question that way. I've uh, I've I've upset many parents in my time with that exact conversation. Um, uh, because every every kid naturally wants to go to around here wants to go to Michigan. Right. Michigan State, uh, and then my, my favorite ones, you know, around the country. I want to go to Alabama. I want to go to Stanford. I want to go to Vanderbilt. Um, and, and the reality is, 0001 percent of student athletes get the opportunity to do that. Yes. Um, very 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 few athletes get the chance to do that. So, um, there's a lot of heart to hearts that need to be kind of had with families and their their you know prospective uh, college athletes, in kind of lay out the reality of the situation for them. And in many cases, uh it, it can come down to numbers, you know, too. You can say, okay, everybody this year that's going to the University of Texas throws 99 miles an hour. Right. Your well, child the kid from Tennessee was throwing what? 104? Yeah, 104. Yeah, 104-105. So that's what we're up against. And listen, uh, most high schoolers, I'd say the average velocity that I've seen this year was, I don't know, 74 to 78. Yeah. Uh so it's a little bit different, you know, a little far a <laughs> uh, far cry from from, you know, where those high end guys are at. So, um I would say, and in, in one of the big reasons that uh, I loved coaching at the junior college level is I was able to act as that catalyst, and and there are some guys that we were able to help get to that next level um, that maybe either got overlooked in high school or just didn't have the the tools to go on to the next level yet. Um, and there's there's so much misinformation out there uh, about the recruiting cycle and how you know, you go about getting spotted, uh, by these colleges. And one of my favorite things, like one of my hobbies is helping families kind of get their kids and, and helping student athletes get off to the next level because it's a tough, tough, uh, kind of, kind of, thing to navigate it's a roller coaster of emotions and again the recruiting that we see and that is kind of you you have exposure to is like the elite 11 quarterback camps and and the mm-hmm. twitter announcements hey i'm proud to yeah. you know get an in get a, a division one offer from from you know washington or usc or something and th- again the reality is that's 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 not how it is no, for most student
2: athletes yeah that is the like you said the 0.001 yeah. percent of Athletes,
5: yeah, and it is—it's a treacherous path, and, and in all reality, the recruiting spectrum, especially now for high schoolers, it's not easy, and it's not really a whole heck of a lot of fun. Um, just on the baseball side of things, as a high schooler coming out of high school. Now you're not only competing against all the guys that are already in college. You're competing against guys in the transfer portal. There was almost 4,000 guys in the baseball not, transfer not portal. Not just JUCO. No, but, exactly. Yeah. Division A lot of Division one bounce backs. And what, you know, just speaking from the junior college side of things, okay, I can go recruit a kid out of high school who's 17 or 18, or yeah. I can go to the transfer portal, find a borderline grown man who's 20, 21 years old, who's been there and done that, uh, and he's going to be immediately eligible and can immediately help me. And a lot of these high school, you know, high school baseball players they need to understand. Listen, there's a big difference between you and a 21-year-old developed yes. individual who's been there, living that. You know, that's that's what they've known for the last three years. So the opportunities right now are scarce at those bigger Division One, heck, even Division Two uh, level. the The opportunities are so so scarce. Even NAI is scarce. So the junior college option has been really really good for. Uh, uh, a big scope of people um, because there's opportunities available. There's more opportunities available, I should say, than what would have been in years past. And what a lot of people don't know too is at the junior college level, you got two extra years because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, had the COVID year,
2: yeah, which nobody's feeling the effects.
5: You're gonna, yeah. yeah, exactly. It won't be over for what till about twenty-five. I, I you, you, might you might be right because right.
2: that what if you came in as a freshman in twenty or in nineteen twenty, you that year didn't count. So then you get redshirted normally, then you could be, you would still be a technically a true freshman, or you'd be a redshirt freshman in, what, this coming year?
5: Yes. Correct. So
2: four years from now is when the COVID effect will be completely that gone. That will be through, yep.
5: And So at the junior college level, too, you didn't, you got to compete, you could compete last year and didn't use the year of eligibility. Yeah, so their, their freshman year, they could like you said, they graduated in 2019. Mm-hmm. They're freshmen now this year. This was their yeah. freshman year. When I was,
2: um, I was doing some SC4 basketball games, and they had fourth-year seniors. Yep.
5: Correct. Correct. And so that's what these high schoolers are up against, and that's what's so, so tough. So um, I always try to, and when I'm working with families, especially my guys at uh, St. Clair and, and, and beyond, again, it's one of my hobbies, so I'll, I help out anybody and everybody mm-hmm. that I can, um, is – Okay, here's the reality of the situation, and again, it's not always what people. I'd say probably most of the time, it's not what people want to hear um, at the time, but then down the road, uh, I think people appreciate it a little bit more um, because it's about finding the right fit financially, athletically, academically, mm-hmm. um, and and being real with kind of where your you know where your output is, um, because again. Not everybody's going to be going to the University of Michigan. Not everybody's going to be going to Ohio State. Right. It's just not the reality of the situation. But um, but, but coach, yeah. Jacob Cronenworth
1: went yeah. to my town, yeah. so my kid's as good as that, yep. right? Yep. yep.
5: Jacob Cronenworth also threw ninety two to ninety four. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you also knew the second you saw him, you went, oh, that's different. But let's use a real world example. Ten years ago. Luke Murkaw is probably not going Juco. He's probably getting gobbled up by a much better place. Maceo Miller from Maryland. Oh, now. yeah. Oh, you would have been.
5: It. He was lights out. Yeah. He is he, lights he, out.
2: Yeah. And he, I think he's going to Wayne State now after a year at uh, Jackson. But those are guys that you look at and you go, wait, the, the, those are at least D2 talents. Yep. And they in quotes, had to go to Juco because like you said, give them two years. How much does your body mature from age, like you said, 17, 18 to 20 years old? So you can, oh, let's use Wayne State. They could either have recruited them straight out and you could have sat on the bench for a year and gone through the workouts, whatever, or you can go pitch 60, 70 innings yep. and get really good coaching at a Juco. And then you're ready to come in and be a part of the rotation immediately. Yep.
5: No, you're absolutely right. And the one big thing that again, a lot of the high schoolers need to understand is, is you, you threw out a couple of really good names with Mirka and Maceo. Those are two of the like premier pitchers in the area last year who went to college, mm-hmm. went to junior college, had good, you know, successful seasons. But here's the thing. Um, we're talking and, and typically are those division two guys yes but now the worst pitchers on the team they weren't even as good as the worst pitchers on the team at the next level because those worst pitchers on the team at the next level were 21 to 23 mm-hmm. years old and they were 17 18 years old so they had to like you said they had to explore other options um, because again yeah they had that ability but w- their path to get there is very different now than what it was you know 10 years ago um just because of the backlog of guys there just wasn't space available yeah everybody would love to have a lefty that's low 80s or love to have maceo who's now up to i don't know 91 92 pretty consistently um but there just wasn't spots available because mm-hmm. I had, you know, at the college level, speaking of Wayne State or Grand Valley or uh, Northwood, they have guys that they've play, they, have, they, they probably got 15 pitchers that are 85 to 90, yeah. you know, at this point. That's not special no. at, at, at the D2 level. No, not at all. Not and, at that's all. It. and
2: the other thing is, and you can touch on this more, that's in the north. Yeah, exactly. There are some really good baseball players here. Dennis, you've seen a ton in oh, your yeah. day. It would pale in comparison. You go down to the warm-weather states because, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but simply they can play 12 months a year. Yep.
1: That's the huge difference. That's the huge difference is those kids can go year-round. That's why I like kids up here playing multiple sports because you're right. doing something year-round at least. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're right. It's it's uh and, and we're kind of a little bit sheltered here in Michigan. You know, we're landlocked. We kind of st- for even in the summer ball, we stay amongst ourselves for the most part. But then you start to get out. And it's a big, wide world out there. Um, and I love this story because uh, you know it's it, it's a firsthand account of, of what I went through. Um, so I my my junior year I played down south. I played at Kaiser University in West Palm Beach, Florida, in the Sun mm-hmm. Conference. Really, really good baseball conference. My sophomore year, I was an All-American at Grand Rapids Community College. Mm. So transferring down there, I'm like, okay, you know, I got a really good chance to make an impact. Like, I'm, I'm going to be the guy behind yeah, you, the plate. you feel like you're walking
2: you're, – you're Mr. Big Shot. Oh,
5: big time. And and uh, so I get down there, and uh, we have our first practice, our very first team practice, and uh, catchers were doing pop times. And for those who don't know, it's when you catch the ball behind the plate and you throw it down to second base. Mine was decent, and, you know, I had a decent arm. Um, the first guy goes up uh he grabs the ball from his knees throws it down to second base it doesn't get but probably five feet off the ground and they had him on the gun like 82 down to second base from his knees <laughs> um and i looked around and i looked at all of my teammates and they were looking like this was normal yeah and like they, they, they'd seen this they your turn before. to do it yeah and uh they go okay uh nick you're up and i'm like oh my god i gotta follow this guy up so uh you know, I went from being an All-American junior college player at Grand Rapids Community College to, okay, I'm going to be switching positions because there is no <laughs> way in hell I'm going to be beating this guy out. So I had to play first base uh, because there was no way I was going down there and, and beating him out for a spot. And uh, it's just a testament to, again, they're able to play 12 months a year and it's a different, it's, it's a religion down there for a lot of them guys. Um, and... and it's something that we we don't have the atmosphere to, to be able to see that uh, just because of where we're at. Um, but that's that's where, you know, a lot of the more experienced coaches come into play because it's, it's our responsibility, I, I feel, to tell these younger guys and try to bring them up to speed and, and let them know, hey, you know, yeah, you're a, a – Real big fish in a smaller pond up here, but it's a that's big wide world, world out because
2: here. Because guess what? You're not just competing with kids in St. Clair County in Michigan. Yep. If Wayne State or say the schools you mentioned can get a kid from South Carolina, yep. they're gonna get the kid from South Carolina. Yep.
5: High school co- or college coaches aren't in the business of losing games. Nope. Well, and that's again the big difference there, It's 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 their job. Yes. It's their it's their business, and if they're not winning. They won't have a job, and it's a different, uh, it's a whole different bird uh, when your your and your family's livelihood is on the line. Um, so if I can get a 17 year old, or if I can go get a 21 right. year old, who's my money going to be on? Right. Probably the older one. Am I going to get a Vanderbilt bench
2: player, or am I going to take a risk on a kid that might be really good in two years? Yep. But I went. I only won 13 games last year, so I need to win now. Yep.
5: And, and now the thing is, too, they make it. Recruiting is so much different than it has been in the past, A, with the transfer portal. You and I could, could hop online right now and have access, email addresses, phone numbers, addresses, uh, playing history of 35 to 4,000 Division one, two or three already proven mm-hmm. college baseball players. That's not to mention all of the other junior college players. Um, and right. that's literally with the click of about four buttons online. I don't have to get on a plane to go scout anywhere. I don't have to drive anywhere. I can mm-hmm. literally get online. And I know that they're probably pretty good because, to your point, if they transferred from, you know, a big-time Division One school or even if they transferred from a smaller Division One school, listen, they're probably pretty good. Even the worst uh, player on the roster. Is, yeah. is, is probably real good. Uh, and then – I can cross check that by calling a couple coaches and looking up videos on YouTube. And uh and I can get all those numbers verified and, and you know, kinda dot all my I's and cross all my T's. So the recruiting landscape is so much different now. It's to the point where I don't you know, it's things are evolving and things are changing, but uh I feel bad because there are absolutely some athletes nowadays that are getting, there. there's just not spots for them. You know, they're getting looked over, um, and this is just in baseball, but they, they're just, the opportunities aren't there anymore,
1: unfortunately. I think that's one of the toughest things for, like, a parent to focus in on. My kid's the best kid on their team. But you go on a list like you're talking about, every name on that list, thousands of them were the best kid on their yeah. team.
2: I I say this every time it comes up, but the joke was a kid would make when we were doing uh, intro introductions the first day of camp at football. They go, all right, you say your name, where you're from, and how many records you hold at your school. Because that's what everyone was. They all had their touchdown record or sack record or interception record. And it's like, it doesn't matter. No one cares. Now, what I want to get into, you talk about getting there and how some people try to take advantage of that. Because there are certain ways coaches find players. I can at least tell you from the college coaches I've talked to, 99% of the time, a recruiting service isn't it. They, coaches don't trust anything. Coaches are arrogant. College <laughs> co- they are. And they will trust things with their own eyes. They're not going to rely on a paid salesperson to tell them who to yeah. bring in they are going to go find them themselves. Yep.
5: Yeah, so, uh, no, you're exactly right, and that's one of the biggest things uh, that's out there right now, one of the biggest kind of, I don't know, misconceptions that are out there is um, can those services help you, I guess, kind of, but, and there's a big but on that side of things, you can do all that stuff yourself. You know, now with the in what we just touched on with the advent of YouTube, with the advent of, like, field-level accounts, which are free, by the way, with the advent of Twitter, um, every single recruiting coordinator that's out there now has a Twitter because, guess what, we, you and I can literally get on our phone and scroll and see 500 videos of I see of it every day. All day. And that's what these recruiting coordinators can do now. Um, and so some of the ways that these recruiting services sell athletes isn't, really ethical and isn't really true to how we would scout them right um in in reality and like you said we would rather trust our eyes and do our due diligence ourselves than having essentially a used car salesman tell us hey this kid's so great right well if this kid's so great why are you telling right why have i never heard of him right why why is it taking you to to tell me and back in the day it made sense because college coaches it was really hard to get in touch with them because listen the internet wasn't as prevalent or twitter instagram field level accounts it wasn't as as available so some of these some of these you know agents if you will had f- select phone numbers right had, had they were they were the gatekeeper um but now the gatekeeper is is a twitter handle
2: yeah now now anyone can go find any college coaches yeah. email and send them, hey, I'm good at baseball, yep. I'm good at this sport.
5: Yep. And we're seeing it, it's not just in baseball, I'm no, seeing football, I think football, it's it's becoming a huge, huge thing too.
2: Um, it's, football, it's, there are GAs out there that their job, their most of their job is to scroll Twitter and handle all of it for the older coaches that don't know how to use it. No, I'm <laughs> trying to remember who... Someone told us about how they had they were talking to a college coach that had come to visit them, and they said, "I don't know what that is. I have this J His literal job is to scroll Twitter and look for people and respond to messages and watch film and say yeah. this guy's worth looking at. This guy's worth looking at. Don't worry, he sucks. Don't worry about him. And it's ridiculous.
5: Yeah. Well, and and now I think in football too, with the seven on seven side of things, like I know that well, you you football player, yeah. right?" How does that translate to what college coaches are looking for? And you know, how do you evaluate you, talent in seven can on see seven speed, setting? That's about it, right? You, you can so see it. how a
2: kid moves, but
0: yeah.
5: My East China compadre's Marine City. How am I going to evaluate the wing T out of a, right. You know, how am I going to recruit a kid in a seven on seven? That's a damn good football team, right. and they got really good football players. But is is, is yeah. a you know the seven on seven setting best for some you, of those? You people? can see the like combine stuff, yeah. With that.
2: But you, you're not – no, you're not going to go, oh, he's a really good player because it's a lot easier to run a slant over the middle when you don't have pads
1: <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, you're not worried about getting clocked. Yeah. Well, the, the same to with baseball. How much does it help you seeing a, a clip of a kid hitting a ball? Yeah. You don't know who's throwing it to them uh, yeah. or, or what level of competition yep. they're going up yep. against. It's one swing. It's not 100 yep. swings or even – if you went and saw him for a day, you're going to see a kid in three or four at bats take twenty swings.
5: Yep. So what we're looking for at the next level, really, because like you alluded to, there's so many variables in baseball. And in all reality, every highlight film that you're going to see in baseball is going to you're going to see ten kids swing. They're going to get ten hits. Guess what? In baseball, in all reality, you're going to probably get three hits out of 10 at-bats. So what we want to see, yeah, that's if you're good. So what we want to see is sometimes we want to see failure and we want to see how you react to that failure. Um, So are we going to see that failure on a video? No, probably not. Um, Because guess what? We can doctor videos and do anything we want them to. Do. Right. Um, so really, what kid we're goes looking 10 for a hundred in the season.
2: But yeah. You put the you ten. 10 yeah,
5: this kid looks like Mickey Mail. He's awesome. Yeah. But and you don't know. You're never gonna know. Um, so because of all those variables, really, what we're looking for and what scouts are looking for. Uh, in those videos is tools, kind of like what you talked about in, in the in yeah. the football side of things, those combine, you know, uh, numbers, if, if you will, that's kind of all you're looking for in those videos. Do you have those tools to be successful at the next level? Um, your stats, you know, people put their stats on there. It's kind of, it's all eyewash wash for the most part, because like you said, um, it, it comes down to who are you playing against? You know, where are we at? How are you doing it? I mean right. there's too many variables. Baseball there's a lot of variables when it comes down to
2: recruiting. Well and as a as, when you were a talent evaluator, a scout for at SC4, and this was a hard pill even to swallow for myself, how often do coaches sit there and go, Yeah, this kid is a better baseball player right now, but this kid's six foot six, and when I go back to coaches are arrogant. I can make something. Up. His ceiling is twice as yeah. high as this kid. I know he's hitting 4'10", but he's 5'10". And as for myself, I mean, I, I stopped growing at 6'2". I wanted to go play D1, but I knew once the measuring tape said 6'2", I better have 50 sacks in the season if, they yeah. want to, if I want to be taken seriously. How much of that is there in baseball where you – I just call it tape-measuring scouting where, at least in football, I know – for certain positions, if you if there's not a six in front of it, you just get crossed off yeah. right away.
5: Yep. No, you're absolutely right. There is a lot of it. Um, there's a lot of it. And you look at, I like how you worded that that ceiling. Um, as, and that's the, the great unknown, I think, in scouting, both the professional level, the college level, and even, you know, with youth kids, it's okay, where is their true ceiling? Um, because if we had the answer to that, we would never miss on a recruit. Right. He would never miss on a guy. Um, and it's, it's, it's just not cut and dry as, okay, this guy's going to be elite and this guy's going to be, you know. Kind of okay. I think that's one of my favorite things about baseball, though, is you don't have to be, you know, a a six-five, you know, specimen to go out there and have success. You can, like you said, you can find that diamond in the rough who's maybe five-eight, but he's 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 a dirt, you know, dirt ball. He's a real good ball player. He gets, you know, game within the game. That guy gets it. Those are guys that fit really well at the JUCO level, and I feel like. that was one of my biggest responsibilities as a recruiting coordinator was to find those kind of guys mm-hmm. uh, because those are the guys you want your roster loaded with because they'll run through a brick wall if you ask them to, whereas sometimes right. the specimens, they think, hey, I'm 6'5",
2: well, I don't need to do this. Again, let's use a real-world example. If Luke Ellis is six foot four. Yep, He is playing one of the sports at at least a D2. Level. Uh, 100%. He, and he has all the options in the world.
5: Uh, uh, 100%. Yeah, he's and it. it's so funny you say that because I think we've had that conversation with him probably 55 different times now.
2: And he, and he gets it. it. And I hate to say it because I, I love watching the kid yep. play, but... At the end of the day, there's a, a no coach is going to go. Oh, you want to play quarterback? Well, you're what five eight? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, that's. Yep. And, and I love the kitten. I'm glad he at least gets it. And he gets. To, he's still going to go play baseball. Yeah, so.
5: I think if he was, I think if he was six two, six three, I think he's playing probably football at the next yeah. level, truthfully, because he was. I mean, he was he was a hard nosed football player for sure. Um, but you're absolutely right. Uh, it, his his ceiling, I think he's got a really really high ceiling, um, and I'm excited to see where that ceiling actually is, especially now that he's gonna be focusing on baseball year round. But uh, you're right. If he was six two, is you know some of these D two schools in the area probably calling us up last year asking about yeah. Him? yeah, probably. Well, and you mentioned it. I know the JUCO
2: level, you're going to have to fill out your roster. The lower levels you get, the more – the way I put it, the more risks you have to take. Yep. Like with D2, I'd always say it's the D1 guys that had something wrong with them. Yeah. Either their grades weren't good enough, either, well, they're really fast, but they can't catch, things like that. In baseball, how much of it is that – I the, the tape measure scouting that go – yeah, I'm going to take a chance on this guy because he's six foot seven, and I think if we put it together, he's throwing 98.
5: So big time. That is done a lot. I would say the majority of the rosters um, at the junior college level, at the NAI level as well, are uh, made up by what's called PWOs, preferred walk-ons, mm. um, or some refer to them just as walk-ons. Um, and that's done because you're absolutely right. You have to have bodies available uh, to play. Most college rosters, most will have between I don't know thirty-five and fifty guys. Most average, you know, college rosters, um, because you're playing so many games in a short amount of time. A lot of those guys end up, you know, getting used. But guess what? You, you don't have enough money available to give scholarships to fifty guys. Right. Um, so sometimes you're absolutely right. you go down to a little podunk town that nobody's ever heard of, but there's one guy out there that you know he's you know upper middle of the pack of, of the athletes that are out there, and you say, okay, this guy might be able to turn into something, you're going to take a chance on him and say, hey, I want to give you an opportunity to the next level. I got a PWO spot, you know, for you, you know, after you get him on a visit and all that, would you be interested? In it? And most of the time, if they're those upper middle of the pack guys that just want an opportunity, they'll take it. And you you do find some diamonds in a rough um, in that matter. You're absolutely right. Um, there's been a couple in my time at SC4 that now are are you know off to the next level, succeeding pretty pretty heavily uh, mm-hmm. at the next level that we took chances on, and uh, they maximized their opportunities. And they were off, you know, now they're off succeeding at the next level. So um, I, I think one good thing, one good takeaway from that is uh, if you're on a baseball field, there's always somebody watching. Um, there, there's always somebody watching or somebody who knows somebody watching. I couldn't tell you how many times I went up to a field, uh, scouting a game. And, uh, and if I had a guy's name, you know, I was watched. you know, I'd, I'd go to scout. If he wasn't hustling on and off the field, it was easy to cross him off the list. Don't be easy to cross off the list. Right. Make sure you're busting tail on and off the field. Make sure you're going about your business as if somebody's watching. Because like we talked about earlier, the 0.01% of, of scouts, you know they're going to see that that guy you know we all know that five star guy but if you're not that five star guy you everyone better be can, everyone knows Brock
2: Porter is going to be 100% going to be yeah. an MLB yeah pitcher. he's
5: he's not he's not surprising anybody right yeah. he, everybody knows who he is he's a national player he's not surprised anybody but you know small-town kid from out in the middle of nowhere, guess what? You're not uh, You're not on ESPN's top 100 draft prospects, right. so you better be, you know, taking care of your business as if somebody's watching because there's a good chance somebody might be or somebody who knows somebody might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the kind of opportunities at the junior college level that you're looking to hand out and help kids with for sure. Well, what's the easiest thing to notice about a kid? Like we always hear five
1: tool players. Yeah. Is it a kid's speed? Is it his arm? Like what? what is it? That's gonna stick out with a kid and make most coaches go, oh, hey, we gotta take a, an extra look at him.
5: Attitude, easiest one. Attitude, it's an intangible. If we're out there watching you, we already know you got one of those skills. If we even, you know, invest the time in, into talking to you or going to watch you, we know you got. We know you can hit. We know you can run. All that. It's your attitude. How do you carry yourself? How do you deal with failure? How comfortable are you when you're in a bad situation? How do you treat your teammates when they fail? how do you treat your parents after the game if you had a crappy game how do you treat the other team if you're having a crappy game um do you sulk do you mope do you uh, woe is me and just act like it's the worst thing in the world or do you brush it off the shoulder battle of attrition onto the next pitch you know are you a real you know team first guy um that it's so hard to explain that uh, or it's easy to explain it's hard to get 18 17 16 year olds to buy into that um and to understand that because it's it's hard to comprehend that at that age but it sticks out to you know uh Anybody with a trained eye, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It, it, You can see that as easily as you can see a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. It feels
2: like that's one of those things that you don't think happens until you see it happen. Yeah, and front. you go, oh, crap. Until a coach turns around and leaves because a kid did something dumb or you find you yeah. hear, oh, I was going to get a scholarship offer from X, but because of this, I'm not anymore.
5: Yep, you're absolutely – I've went to games, and I've, I've gone to games to scout kids. I've showed up for their I.O., their mm. infield-outfield practice before the game. I've seen a kid boot a ground ball. He took his glove off and threw it on the ground, frustrated. I turned around and left. Didn't watch him play. I don't know. I don't know what up happened to the kid. I don't think he's playing in college anymore. Had all the tools in the world, but attitude was not there. And I'm not gonna at the college level. You're not gonna deal with that, right? What do I, What do I want that for? I don't want that infecting my culture. You know. So I'm gone. See you later. Bye. So if the attitude's not there. We're not wasting our time. That's
1: going to be a headache, and and if he's doing that on the field, then the, the what else other, is going? The on? the other people are, are letting him do that yep. more probably. Yep. You got
2: anything else, Dennis?
1: Uh, I just uh for 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 the coach's perspective, what's the best level to coach? What's the most fun?
5: Truthfully. Uh, it's about the six to eight-year-old uh, T-ball uh, pitching machine uh, kids. Um, it is a blast. I'll go out to the local little league. Sometimes I'll go out and just watch, and I'll help out and assist. And um, the enthusiasm that those kids bring to the ballpark day in and day out—if I could harness half of that—I really? would be—I uh, would be elite in everything that I do. Um, if I had that kind of energy, uh, it—it's. It, a breath of fresh air when you go help those guys out. So I'd say six, six, seven, eight seven, eight-year-old uh, pitching machine slash t-ball is the best by far.
2: Yeah, well. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it there because <laughs> I don't want to keep going. I feel like we've gone on a while. But, Coach, thank you so much for coming in.
5: Absolutely. Thank you guys and, uh, you know, myself and everybody else and I know our area. Thank you guys for everything you guys do. Um, you guys walk up to the ball field, and I know you walk up to other, uh, you know, sporting events, and everybody, you know, oh, all right, they're here, and they get excited that you guys are there. Um, you guys are well-known, and, and we, you know, we all appreciate everything you guys do for everyone in the area. So thank you guys.
1: Well, we had a lot of uh, fun. You had a great first year at St. Clair, and we're looking forward to year two. Thank you,
0: guys. We
5: are, too. Thank you. Go Saints.
0: From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.